Good afternoon. Thank you for joining me again for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the moment, moment, we'll have a look at uh, a Harvard Business Review tip, which is three types of meeting to stop having. We're also going to have a chat with Christina about our Minute on Innovation. We're going to be looking at the side effects on business of climate can change. But right now we're going to have a chat with Mark Apthorpe, who is the chair of the Institute of Management and Leaders in the Hunter here. Good afternoon, Mark. Hey, good afternoon, Julian. How are you? I'm, I'm well, and thanks for joining us. Uh, the, the Australian Institute of Management's been around for, for a long, long time. In fact, I've been a member for 40 years, so it's been around for a long time. But they've yep. recently changed their name to the Institute of Managers and Leaders. What, what was the reason behind that? Yes, I certainly have been around since 1939. Um, I guess over the years, as you would know, they built up a very successful training business. But um, in the end, it was kind of like the tail was wagging the dog. And um, it was felt that it was time to uh, sell off the training arm and get back to concentrating on the members. Uh, so it was sold with um, the rights to use the name. And then so there wasn't any confusion. It was decided to change the name, just focus on the members and to also include the, the word leadership in there because it's become a very important part of, I guess, management theory over the years. The leadership plays a very important part in it. So, the, um, yeah, it's now become the Institute of Managers and Leaders. So, so who could be a member of that institute? Anyone who has an interest in um, being part of a network of, um, of managers and leaders and who wants to Im- improve their skills in leader- management and leadership, um, you know, it's open to everyone, it's uh, those from the school of hard knocks, just as well as it's open to anyone from, with their academic qualifications. But one, of, one of the uh, qualifications, I suppose, that they've recently inter- introduced is uh, a chartered manager. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, that's very exciting that we're um, really pushing the, uh, this opportunity for people. And it's been around to, for a little extent, but certainly not to the, the extent we're now um, making it available, for people to become chartered managers. And that really is a designation that shows uh, the highest status in um, in management and leadership skills. Um, basically, there's a, a number of different pathways you can follow to become a chartered manager. Um, and it has the uh, added distinction of it's a very well recognised international credit accreditation. So, so what's, what sort of roles, what sort of paths do they have to go down? Um, there's a range of different ones. You can um, it can be based on um, a number of it. There's uh, can be based on your experience, uh, on your qualifications, and there's a whole range of um, abilities along there to be able to um, understand the, the extra skills you need to be able to become a chartered manager and opportunities to be able to build up those skills. And then once you become one, like a chartered engineer or a chartered accountant, you then have your continuing professional development. So, um, obviously, one of the things that uh, we're trying to do as the Newcastle Advisory Council up here, and of which you're the chair, is to promote uh, more of the functions that are happening. Uh, one, one of the uh, benefits of being a member, I suppose, is the networking. That's that's right, yes. And that's one of the reasons that we've recently formed the um, the, the local committee of, of members to try and increase the number of networking opportunities um, for members of the um, Institute of Managers and Leaders in the Hunter. 
And we've got our first uh, major function on next Thursday. It's um, a panel discussion called, with, called Le- Lessons in Leadership. And uh, we have three fantastic leaders there um, who will be um, talking to us about their experiences, insights they've gained over their journey. And uh, then they'll be open for questions and answers. So we've got David Pitch, who's the CEO of the Institute of Management Leaders. Viv Allenson, who's the CEO of Maroba, of a significant healthcare business in the Hunter, who's an incredibly inspiring leader. And um, we've also got Professor Kevin Lyons, who's the Deputy Head of the Faculty of Business and Law at the University. So uh, they'll all be talking separately or as a panel or both? Yeah, so they'll be up there as a panel and they'll each give um, um, a short presentation on uh, on the things that they've learned across their journey and um, then it'll be open for question and answers and they'll, they'll talk as a panel dealing with um, the questions that come up about um, leadership and how to how to be a better leader. So you've mentioned that it's on next Thursday. Uh, where and when? Yes, well, it's at the new space, the new um, university campus in Newcastle, and it's on Thursday, Thursday morning, starts at 7.30am, um, and um, if you've not been into the new uh, campus in the in, in town there in Newcastle, it's worth coming in just for that alone, it truly has the best views of the Hunter in Newcastle, and... Um, and so, yeah, it starts at 7.30am. You can you need to register, but you can register at the site, just um, Google Institute of Managers and Leaders and look for events. And it'll come up on there? It'll come up, yes. So you just, just book in on there. Uh, it certainly will be um, uh, excellent, as I say, the very, very inspiring leaders we've got there. Um, Professor Kevin Lyons, he's also um, has significant um, involvement in the hunter wine and tourism industries, okay. as well as all of his experience from a leadership point of view. Yeah, and, I, and I, as you say, this is one of many events that we're going to start to have up here. That's right, yes. Yeah. We're looking to try and get get members along, and because and, uh, we've got this um, quite a quite a large number of members in the Hunter um, and for a number of reasons uh, there really hasn't been that many opportunities for us to get together a network and so we're hoping to um, start to correct that with this first function next week. Thank you very much for your time Mark and we'll have a chat with you again another time. Look forward to it Julian, thank you. Thank you, bye-bye. Bye. Mark Abthorpe there, the, uh, the Chair of the Institute of Managers and Leaders in the Hunter and uh, Time to pop over to Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian, and what a beautiful day, even though I guess you can't really see it, can you? Neither can you, sitting in a conference all day. <laughs> no, but I'm sitting near a window at the moment, and it's looking okay out here. So, so over, the, over the months or even years, we've been talking about innovation and how often we look at our business and, and look for ways of improvement, but uh, change can be brought about by factors outside our control. And uh, you are talking earlier about uh, the side effects on business of climate change. Yes, I, yeah, I was reading an interesting article this week, Julian, and I guess it, it was all started, um, I was on a flight back from Melbourne last week, and what happened with that flight was I experienced the probably worst turbulence I've ever experienced uh, in, in all my time of, of travelling to, to different places to work. Um, and then, so when I came across an article about um, turbulence and what was actually causing it, uh, I was quite intrigued. So, 
it, and it's all about this, everything being connected and the reasons behind the reasons. So the last few decades have been the warmest of the last 1,500 years, apparently, um, and there's evidence from the top of the atmosphere to the depths of the ocean that this is the case. There's evidence that half of the global average temperatures have increased since 1951 and that that change has been linked to human influence. There was a paper that was released recently or a draft of one section of a paper that was released to the New York Times um, that had some really interesting information in it. But anyway, going back to the air turbulence, it was all related um, because the, the frequency, the hot weather has forced dozens of commercial flights to be cancelled um, in the States over this summer and I meant to look up before I um, before I spoke to you what 118 degrees Fahrenheit is in Celsius but they've had the machines that that and the, the systems and the airplanes that we fly currently um, can only operate if they if the temperature is below 118 degrees Fahrenheit so anything above that it affects the operations of the actual plane. Mm-hmm. So there's been increasing, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's increasing um, articles in, in newspapers on the news about turbulence and seven people were injured and ten people were injured and taken to hospital after turbulent flights. But the hot weather has actually forced dozens of commercial flights to be cancelled. Apparently what happens is when there's hot temperatures, um, there's less airlift. And when there's less airlift, you have to have a, a lighter aircraft, you, have, you can't carry as much cargo. Um, because the fuel economies, you know how they do those very, very um, minuscule formulas to say how much weight mm, and how mm. much, you know, everything everything is balanced to the fuel. So what they're having to do potentially is carry less um, and less people mm. on the planes uh, and therefore the, the increase of costs of the, of the flights. Mm. So everything is related in ways that we don't even think about. The aeroplanes that they're building now... Um, may not actually be capable of, of dealing with the temperatures in another 10, 20, 30 years' time. So yeah. everything around the innovation, the engineering, needs to be considered. And, of course, the uh, the, the positive side of, uh, of climate or the, or the climate generally is that we are focusing more and more on solar power, wind power and those sorts of things too, aren't we? <laughs> We are, and I think when, I, when um, I think we mentioned earlier in the year, when after visiting the Taha Reno Industrial Centre, everything in that place is, is following a green footprint. So from the solar to the internet to the way the water's brought in, um, everything they're, they're making everything have a green footprint. They have environmentalists that come in every week to check that 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 is in, in fact what they're maintaining, because they can see the long term problems that may actually eventuate from from not being that careful. Mm. Well, so again, I suppose, I mean, I, I started off by saying uh, that change could be brought about because the outside effect, it's still a reflection of how we deal with a problem, though, isn't it? It is, and it's identifying the problem. So who, who put together the, the ideas that the increase in temperatures actually affect the aeroplanes, which is why we've got extra turbulence, you know, the, the high altitude, the winds where everything's happening um, in, in the atmosphere where only the bio physicists and the, the chemists know about it and it also comes back to you know these are the reasons behind um companies like tesla people like elon musk people like um you know uh um uh, branson sorry who are who are trying to get these flights that are happening outside our atmosphere so that we have less of a carbon footprint um all these all these tools you know the driverless cargo the cargo ship that we talked about um, last week that can run on solar power that doesn't have to carry um, any humans because they add the add to the weight they add to the pollution uh, and who would have known 
You know, researching that article that we talked about last week about the, um, the, the carbon emissions that come from some of those large cargo carriers is equivalent to all the cars on the planet. I mean, that's mm. just mind-boggling for me. Mm. Mm. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time. We'll let you go back to your conference and uh, we'll have a chat again next week. Look forward to it, Julian. Have a great week. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina there with, uh, yeah, the... Uh, Sometimes change is forced, well, change is often forced upon us, isn't it? Uh, and that might be the, uh, where we need to innovate in our business. Got time for a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips today. First one, as we said earlier, three types of meetings to stop having. We often uh, don't want to go to all these meetings, do we? Well, it says here, in order to have fewer, more purposeful meetings, there are a few types of meetings we need to stop having immediately. The worst offenders include... Convenience meetings. When managers have information to disseminate to a large group, they often get everyone in a room together. But this is usually disruptive to work and wastes time. Next time, circulate a memo or an email or have several one-on-one conversations. Then there's the formality meetings. These meetings are called as a matter of tradition or habit. If you have to go looking for items to add to an agenda, you probably don't need the meeting anymore. These are often the the weekly staff meeting. And finally, the social meeting. Some meetings are called under the guise of collaboration or alignment when in reality, uh, when really connection is what they're after. While there is laudable goal, meetings are a pretty lousy way to foster. Instead, invite people to a team building activity, a retreat or a party. It makes more, uh, is much more optional. So uh, they're the types of meetings that we often don't need to go to. What about this one? When your growth stalls, ask yourself why. We've all hit a wall uh, at some point. You may run up against a competitor you can't beat or lose your job despite your best efforts or encounter some other kind of roadblock. When you can't go forward, the only way to keep moving is to take a step back. Some people think stepping back is the same as admitting failure. Others think they can simply smash through the wall in front of them. But this type of rigidity can be disastrous. How many of us have told a recruiter, I can't take a lower salary or any move has to be a step up? By contrast, being flexible and willing to pivot uh, can greatly increase your chances of success. So pause, step back and reassess your career or the job you're going for and your goals. Ask yourself, why have I stopped growing? What are some areas that might let me grow again? After taking a completely different job will allow us to grow a little bit. And the same thing, of course, can apply in our own business and the types of work we take on. Sometimes taking on different tasks and different jobs, we can learn new skills. And of course, we grow in that way. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've uh, we've looked at the, the place of the Institute of Management Leaders. It's uh, the old Australian Institute of Management, or AIM, as we knew of it making a move back into the Newcastle and does have an event coming up next week and also the changes that can affect our business sometimes. In a moment, Jane Klein's going to be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. 
Next week, we'll look at the uh, changes to citizenship law with Rebecca McKenzie from Baker Love Lawyers. We'll chat about innovation with Christina and we'll have some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week and as George Bernard Shaw once said, progress is impossible without change and those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.